This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. We got the OG. Insurance podcaster, Mr. Jason Cass, rocking the mic with us today on a beautiful President's Day in the greatest country on the face of the earth. I hope everybody left cookies and milk out for Chris Paradiso last night so he could show up in his USA onesie and eat and drink and be merry with everybody. And I got to tell you, I love President's Day because the insurance companies are closed and we can get a whole bunch of stuff done. That's right. That's it doesn't right. matter if it's at work or at home or whatever else. It's just removing. I feel like I should dress more appropriately for this. I should have put on some USA gear. You know, like now, the way he opened, I'm with you. I would be completely remiss if I didn't say you should bleach your weird uh, beard to pure white and wear an Uncle Sam top hat. I'm thinking about growing it out for next Christmas season and just go uh, full Santa. Uh, straight full Santa. You will would definitely be need to. Uh, I'll have to put on some LBs for sure. I was sure. going to say, there's going to be a few value meals in your future for sure. So, <laughs> in any event, you know, Cass has an open invite to always come on Power Producers. Certainly, you know, I don't even know that this podcast, I can probably unequivocally say this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Cass. And, you know, just the fact I got to know him and spend some time with him and realized that. You know, my voice is a little bit different based on some of the results we got on episodes that I had recorded with him. And, you know, one thing led to another and we launched and I was sitting there driving back from an appointment that I was went on with Grayson this morning and we started scrolling back through. I can't believe it's been three flipping years, man. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Weird. Yeah, no, it's a, it's actually going to be it was 2019 in the middle of of July or June. So it's almost going to be four years. Well, that's when you and I recorded the first oh, time, but we, yeah. we launched April 1st. Yes. Yes. 2020 was the first Sorry. time. Sorry. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. That we, that we went live and it's just, it's just been crazy. I started mm-hmm. thinking about all the people that we've talked to over that time, people who get to get their story out that nobody would hear otherwise. And I mean, that's one of the things we kind of try, kind of try and pride ourselves on, you know, we, I don't want, 
I think that when you have people, there's certain people out there, if they're releasing a book or they're doing something special, they need to go on the different podcasts and talk about it. But outside of that, I don't want the, the insurance podcast space to just ever be a just big recycled version of the same podcast over and over right. and over again, because the True guest that. is going around <laughs> and maybe we ask questions differently, but you know, we're always looking for those people nobody's ever heard of before. And, and a lot of the times, Mm-hmm. Those are the best episodes, man. You, you get are. to find that person who's got a story that if you ask the right questions, it starts to come out and manifest itself. But we're not we're not going to talk about any of that today. We're going to talk about indie tech today, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We're going to talk about... So I know a lot about it because I've had the opportunity to invest in it a lot in addition to you know, have the people come on the, come on the show to talk about what's going on with their technology and how that's working. But, you know... There's a whole, like, we've got InsureTech, right? And we've got IndieTech. So before mm-hmm. we even start going down this road, mm-hmm. we need to set the table right. It probably makes sense for you to just lay out what you say, the, what, how you declare the difference between those two. 90% or more of every agency listening to this podcast, 90% of the technology that they use is IndieTech. It's not InsureTech. It's technology that is built specifically for the independent insurance agent, not for the captives, not for the banking industry, for independent insurance agents. So what happened? What would be insure tech? That's why you could say that's insurance companies giving them technology to work with us, giving the consumer technology to work with us or the consumer giving technology or consumer having technology to work with the carrier. That's insure tech. But indie tech is what we do. That's applied. That's Vertifor. That's Better Agency. That's Hawksoft. That's Wonderwrite. That's um, that's Yellowbird, right? That's people and functions that digital means that is made for independent agents. That's simple. And why why this has happened is this: How many times have we all sat around and used technology? Not as much anymore. But we used to use technology, and we'd go. Did anybody sit on this side of the desk when they were using this technology? Because this is terrible. You don't get that as much anymore now. Why? Because it's made from indie by and for agents, right? So here's the way I put it. And I'll, I want to get your feedback on this. This is this was my concept that came to me after going to ITC and then applied it last year. I'm sitting in the back of an ACT meeting and I realized that we take the customer journey from the beginning to when first person hears your name to the end where they're buying multiple products and giving you referrals. Let's split this journey right in half. And let's say sales is right in the middle. The sale is the middle of that. The first part of that journey is really truly where insure tech has helped us. And that's helped us in, in, in data and lead generation and cultivating leads and organizing them and CRMs and different things like that. But David and Kyle, if you really think about it, like, That's what every sales industry needs. So it's easy to kind of replicate and twist it a little bit here to make it there. But it's after the sale. That's where InsureTech has a problem. You've got to know an agency. You got to know the intricacies of how agencies work and then realize that they're all different, right? You've got to understand that. And one of the things that the InsureTechs did wrong is they went and got in bed with the insurance carriers in 2016 and 2017 because they figured they had deep pockets. But what they found out were there's 2,500 insurance carriers, only 500 care about their technology. And of those, they're all on different systems. 
They're now starting to realize, which is where the, you're starting to see the indie techs start to get the funding. It's important that the indie techs get their part because now they are starting to because they're getting that second half. People that are sitting with VE companies are sitting in the catbird seat. Uh, Glovebox is sitting in the catbird seat. All of these people who are creating products after the sale, that is where it's coming. Last to say this, I wanted to create indie tech. I've got 147 indie tech companies on a list that we're calling. I know 26 of them. There is a whole world out there of this technology. I'm talking to a guy who's got AI that he's releasing in May, baiting it, and he's hoped to have it out in August. Hasn't sold a dollar of revenue yet, but he has the AI built into the actual browser. So if anything can be done inside that browser, AI is recording it. And this is what excites me. The guy says to me, he says, for a chat GPT to have large models, you have to bring in a lot of data to answer the questions of the world. But if you just want to answer the questions of Florida risk partners, actually, that's not a ton of data because your people are doing the same things all the time. And when it sees that the Hawksoft is open to John Smith and then you go over to a carrier, it starts to learn like, wait a minute, every time they have that open, they're doing some kind of, of process there. And that's some of the tech that's out there. And so I want to bring those all together and create an experience for people. So that's what I'm doing. So I think... I look at it this way, man. I try and keep it as simple as possible because I'm a big, dumb animal. And I feel like InsureTech equals carrier, IndieTech equals agent, right? As far as how the path they started down, where they started developing and everything else. And at some point, InsureTech also veered off away from carrier and started getting involved in the mm -hmm. dirty words of embedded insurance and some other things. Now, certainly there is some InsureTech capabilities inside IndieTech, but I think that once you roll over that it just automatically all becomes IndieTech. So <laughs> it's possible that you are an InsureTech that is IndieTech. You know, if you think of things like Tarmica or Semzi or some of these Raiders, some people might say that that's InsureTech, but I would, I would argue IndieTech. I think the other thing that makes all of it more interesting is the fact <laughs> that there's a lot of agents who just said, you know what, screw this, man. Like you, you're not building the stuff we need. We're resourceful enough and entrepreneurial enough. And let's just say it's God's greatest industry from an income standpoint with residual income and the ability to have some liquid money to invest in, in things. We're just going to go out and solve the problem ourselves. Look at guys like David Watson with Risk Advisor, yes. Todd Tams with Mod Advisor, mm -hmm. you know, and the list just goes on and on and on of what people are doing to just go out and solve the problem. Scott and Knowles, man. Scott Knowles, who founded Magic, which was then sold to Zyway, and, and, and you know, and he ended up leaving Zywave early on his earnout. And I had a conversation with him uh, and jumped on a Zoom either last week or the week before, but he's already way down the road with his new company. Loss scan, which is solving one of the biggest problems that I bitch about more than anything else. You can now take people, listen to if you don't hear another thing I say today, listen to what I'm going to say right now. This man has a product that will take loss runs from any carrier that you get them from, and you can scan them in and it maps them to a common and standardized format. And for net for 
what that does for those of you who, who don't really, you know, have any real need or desire for that, because you might not have accounts that get 40, 50 pages of loss runs. Well, go start calling on bigger stuff, number one. But number two, you know, think about how I talk about the, ease, the best way to do an experience mod audit. It's not to scan the worksheet in and just create reports off of the worksheet mm -hmm. because the data may be bad. Mm -hmm. Now you actually have the ability to scan the loss runs in. You're not going to have to key all that information in individually anymore. Push it into your mod advisor report, and then you can take both of them and push it and do whatever you want. You can you can create charts and graphs and all kinds of stuff to identify trends. It's going to show you where the gaps are in terms of information that's missing, and so that if a name of that company lost scan and is, so if it's a company you know a client of yours or a prospect of yours that is having accident issues and their mods creeping up and then when you get the loss runs you realize that you know boom real quick lag time lag time lag time or there's not a complete or even much of any description on the actual claim itself you know that your clients got no accident reporting policy and process in place and you can immediately go to that prospect and say you're costing mm -hmm. yourself a lot of money because you're not reporting claims in 24 hours and you're not even getting accurate information to the insurance company to be able to know where to troubleshoot because when we look at the description of these claims it's like cut hand great what so, hand? what were they so, doing so what they cut it on right so it'll it'll take all the data and and spit that out to you in you know a matter of what seconds minutes like how, what's no it's, like? it's it's basically instantaneous so i don't want to get too far into the back end of what he's doing because i'm under nda to a certain degree but if you think about it like this in its rawest form it's not that difficult of a problem to solve because if you understand how to map data once it's scanned all that has to happen is you have they have to map where the what field is coming in and where it goes in their standard and marry the two so that when the OCR takes the information in, it knows, okay, it, it's in this field on this company's loss run, but it goes in this field in the standard format. And so basically what they've had to do is they've had to get loss runs from as many carriers as they can and map them so that now everybody who comes after the fact automatically just scans it in. And the cool part is, that if it's one that they don't have, it's like a five-minute process for the agent to do the mapping themselves. Maybe you've got an obscure regional carrier that he couldn't get to in his initial run. doesn't mean you can't use the product. It just means you're going to have to put a little work in, scan it in, map the data really quick. It's just a point-and-click thing, and then the next time you need it, it's just going to automatically work. But I mean, that doesn't, that's not relevant for like home and auto and Main Street commercial. That's like that people are like, eh, is that really that big of a problem for, for that average agency and the overwhelming majority of independents and based on the demographic? Probably not. But for the people that are writing, you know, middle market or more complex commercial accounts, this is where you Vital. make your money, people. That's you right. have to know the data. You have to be able to take all of the information from loss runs and have it tell you the story that you need to be able to, to tell to underwriters, but also that can put together what you're going to do to clean up whatever that story says. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I wasn't sure if you had seen it or not, but I was really excited to see the tech last week because yeah. that is something that's certainly relevant to me. So none of them can have exposure. So so here's the deal. So one of the things that I said that I forgot was is the fact that we are scalable. That the insure techs made the wrong decision by going to the carriers. 
they are now starting to figure out that they're starting to partner and you're going to start to see, I think, them buy our indie tech companies strictly so they can get the knowledge of the person so that they can strengthen their product. So I will say, I will tell you that I'll see that. But they're starting to figure out that with the indies, we are scalable. So in, we have 40,000 agencies and really 80% or more of us use four or five systems. So they, where they thought the carrier was, now they're realizing that we also have deep pockets. We can actually afford to, to, this stuff. So I think that that's very specific. Now, I call it the Indie Tech Showcase Experience, uh, David and Kyle's, because I'm creating an experience for the attendee and the tech company. So we are creating, picture a circle, almost like an oval. And as you start at one end, you can walk around this trade show any way you want to. But basically, you're starting at the beginning and you're going through the customer journey. Whenever I wrote my book back in 2014, I broke the customer journey and broke it into a customer experience into six sections. And I colored those sections. So as you go through, the carpet is going to change color to where you're going from qualifying to lead generation to quoting to onboarding. You'll go through those stages and you'll actually witness the technology that would be used there. And so we have many tech carriers that are like, hey, I want to split this out over four. So they're going to buy three or four booths and they're going to have a person at that booth which will can I kind of help and explain to them some of the stuff that's going on. So we've got a whole lot of that stuff going on. Also, after talking with Frank Sentner, his idea was that when we're talking about, uh, he said, Jason, there's some guys that just can't afford $4,000 or whatever you're charging for the booth. And he says, but what we could do is, is we could take a booth and split it into quadrants. And then you charge $1,000 for each quadrant. You give the person like a little kiosk. And the guy that I was talking about, Carl from the company with the AI inside the, the browser, that's what he's going to take because he's bootstrapping his thing, has been for like the last two or three years. So we're providing an experience for them. Now, the vendors themselves, someone can come to the booth, they can talk to them, but we're also going to have live demo stages going on. So you can say, hey, why don't you come at two o'clock and see us on the South demo stage? So they're going to have a big stages um, where they're going to be able to demo their product for up to 20 to 30 minutes. Then we're going to have little side designated areas where they can take the client and maybe they want to go deeper, maybe try to close the, the deal, whatever it could be. I'm trying to create an experience for the attendee and for the vendor so that it, it kind of puts it all together rather than everybody just walking around wondering what they're doing. So that's a couple of things that we're doing different. Have you thought of a mascot? <laughs> no, I haven't. What? What? Are, like what? I, I said you should. I don't know. Yeah. With Stupid. a beard. Yeah. Well, you were already talking earlier about being Santa Claus and stuff. I mean, was there this you your, go. Was this your lead in, Kyle? I mean, yeah. no, I don't know. Frank Sentner would be perfect to be the mascot of anything in short tech, indie tech. He is. You're right and, about and actually, that. Actually, you know, I we I don't know if you're if you've seen this or not, Cass, but um. I interviewed Leary, the CEO of Leo. Have you seen Leo? Get yes, Leo? we took an Leo. interview. Oh, yeah, we like that thing. We do. We so just we didn't it. get back on it. We bought it. Um, and you know what's crazy, and I think this is one of the things I've seen really, really changing over the course of the last probably 18 to 24 months. And, and I'm sure that it's been in the works for longer. But what we're starting to see now, and I mean, we can talk about Leo, we can talk about um, Donna for Agents from Arias Analytics, you can talk about um, Neon is another example of this, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you're starting to see these technologies 
that integrate with the agency management system, because in most agencies, that's the lifeblood, right? That is the heartbeat of the agency. We are not that agency. We will be to a certain degree very, very soon. But, you know, Hawksoft, kind of the redheaded stepchild for a number of years because we're so all in on what we're doing in HubSpot. Then, you know, to be completely transparent, you know, our agency got rocked last spring when when Kim passed away. We, you know, certainly did not expect a 46, 47-year-old teammate to leave sales meeting one day. And that would be the last time any of us ever interacted with her. And she was the champion of the agency management system. So, you know, when she, thankfully, you know, that was the case because when she did pass away, it made it very easy for us to go in to Hawksoft and see everything that she had done, you know, her systems and all of that. But then we started going back to old habits. We were focusing in HubSpot more. So Hawksoft sort of got left over to collect dust. And, you know, we've recently engaged Peggy Corbett to come in and just establish processes. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise, but establish processes. No, this is good. People need to hear this. You know, stuff, get dude. things regimented, right? And one of the reasons why, and I think that people don't think about it this way, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, but I think a huge part of indie tech is also having virtual professional companies in the mix because technology is what allows that to happen. Some of the I, the cybersecurity uh, tech that's been developed, some of the product, productivity tech, just the ability to give people the access through a remote desktop or a VPN to dial in and operate in your system as if they're sitting in your office, that's huge, man. And that's all technology driven, right? We would not be able to use virtual professionals in our agency if we didn't have appropriate technology to allow Absolutely. that to happen. Absolutely. But where I was, where I was headed is you're seeing more that I think that for, for a while there and, and better agency, God love them. I mean, they're, they're fighting and, to, and doing everything they can to get this perfected. They're, they're going to, they want to be the, the all in one AMS CRM. And I think that that's, you know, a tall order and certainly one that they're, you know, working as hard as they can to uh, make work. And I, and I think they'll get it, but yeah, I think a lot of other people gave up. I think a lot of people were like, you know what? Why are we screwing around trying to make a, a product that's all in one when really, if we just focus on taking what our core differentiator is, mm -hmm. double down on that and focus on an integration with where the agencies keep their data, we can make life a whole lot easier. And so I look at a product like Leo. Yeah, it's great that you can go online and you can create very focused leads lists and things like that. And in and of itself, just doing that is probably really good tech for a lot of agencies. But to me, what really blew my mind is the fact that it's got the integration with Hawksoft mm -hmm. and Leo can sit on top of Hawksoft. And now instead of me just blindly going out and creating my leads list, it's consuming all of the data from those accounts that we already write and then comparing it against the 40 million businesses that are in their database. And it's populating a prospect list of our ideal prospects based on what our agency management system tells them we are already really good at writing, yeah, right? That's, that's one great. example. Look at Donna. 
taking voice recognition and analyzing all of the phone calls that you get that are attached to your agency management system and assigning a centimeter score to that client relationship, not, you know, so that you know exactly where you stand. It's listening to tone and inflection of voice. It's scanning those calls and comparing it to AMS data to show you places you could have had a cross-sell opportunity and missed it. And it's pointing that out to you. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of different categories of agents agencies out there. And I'm not saying that one's better than the other one. I'm saying one is more mature than the other one. There are a lot of good operators that are just a year, two years in that are going to blossom into f- fantastic agencies, but that's not a mature agency. You have to be you have to have your agency up and running for a few years and actually get enough data in there to have a credible data set to run any type of analysis on anyhow. But True. then you take those people that are that are good operators and let them get to the point of maturation to where they've actually aggregated some reasonable data. And it's not like you're just going out and forcing, you have production pressure because you're worried that you got to make payroll this week and make your rent this month and all of the other stuff that we face when we first launch. Now you're looking for like laser focused areas that you can go in and incrementally build your book of business. Let's call it what it is, man. We, we've we never been able to do that. And the, a lot of these tools by integrating with the AMS are actually doing all of that work and giving you a basic report. It's far from basic, but essentially mm-hmm. it's a roadmap for here's the, everywhere you need to go look right now. And how do you fail when you have the ability to not only get the data, but have the data tell a story, but it's not a story that you have to translate or interpret. It's given to you in your language, easy to read. And it's basically a marching, marching orders for what you need to do to maximize the revenue in your agency. It's crazy. I've told it, I've called it the great separator for a long time. And then, and and the reason why it's so hard to write the book is because, because of what you're talking about right here. I mean, you can slowly see that without using things like Leo, why doesn't people do that? Well, they probably don't even have a management system. And if they do, they're not putting the data in it. And then put the data in, it requires this. And to do this is this. So you can kind of see, uh, David, that like five years ago, there was only like one or two steps that they had to do to be about on even par with you. Now they, you can see that there's, as you say, which is a very good word, mature agencies that now this is like seven, eight steps that 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 is getting further and further away. And then we start to put AI in here. We don't even re- realize it, but one day these agencies are going to look up and go, oh shit, I'm being dominated, right? Let and- me tell you something, man. Stop right there because I'm going to throw something out there and you people are going to think I'm absolutely nuts. And in two years, when this starts happening, I want you to remember this episode Come on. where I told you. Let me tell you something. One of the number one ways I don't know. You probably don't even know who Mr. Beast is, but maybe you do. But Mr. Yes. Beast is the massive, massive oh, YouTube oh, guy, gives away 90% of the money he brings in and is still filthy rich. But if you listen to this guy, and here's the thing, people, you have to be willing to listen to other people. You don't know everything. Amen. You have to, to listen to people like this guy. He has nothing to do with our industry. But if you want to understand brand building and how to expand your brand and get recognition in a global way, not just in your in your little town or community community that you live in. But if you really want to get your brand out there and expand your business, listen to people like like Mr. Beast. Do you know why Mr. Beast was able to scale the way that he was? He has because he understood. I I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast, but 
he understood that only about 12% of the entire globe speaks English as a native language. So why do we all cater all our content to English? He went out and he has his top videos translated into Spanish, Portuguese, Mandarin, all these different languages and pushes them out in the millions and millions of views he's getting for things in a foreign language mm -hmm. are completely different than what he's getting in American way, way bigger views. So here's where I'm going with this. We are at a time right now that if you are a forward thinking, technologically savvy agent on the forefront, this is not about going in and opening up a Hispanic vertical market so that you can use Google Translate to paste a few sentences in to try and impress somebody. We're at a time right now where you can use artificial intelligence to create a video quote of you, your voice, speaking to that person in their native language, even though you originally talked to somebody in English about it. Mm -hmm. Think about what it would be like for me in Tampa, Florida, if I knew that I could go in and I could just record something in English, send it to the AI site that translates it to Spanish. I go to a different AI site that takes a sampling of my voice, upload the Spanish transcript in it. And then I, and so that now my vo my audio is my voice in Spanish and then I go to the third site that can take any static image of somebody and animate it so that their mouth moves in sync with the audio. And I have a video proposal of me talking to anybody in any language looking like I'm the smartest guy on the face of the earth. You want me to tell you what my test drive is? Troy Thompson shows up in my driveway yesterday. People, I told him, I felt like Clark W. Griswold. I said, I would have been less surprised if I woke up with my head stapled to the carpet this morning. Right. He's from see, Minnesota, folks. Then see Troy Thompson in my driveway who just decided to pop on a flight from Minneapolis to bring me all this stuff that our friends in Pakistan sent my family. Random Sunday afternoon, had no clue if we were going to be home or not. And it was funny because Annie comes into the house and like, she, I mean, I was at the kitchen table uh, actually watching a video for how to trim picanha so I know how to do it when I'm ready to prepare it. But she goes, like holding her chest, she goes, there's a strange guy in dark sunglasses in a white car in front of the house. Will you please come out? He won't <laughs> quit looking at the kids. And I'm like, what? And she goes, there's a strange guy. And like, she does not ever get like off kilter about anything. She sold it. And I went barreling through my garage door. He's lucky he didn't get shot because I was going out. I was going out to kill somebody, you know. But so anyhow, Troy was there, shows up yesterday afternoon, has this whole suitcase full of stuff. We put pictures up of the kids. I did not put a picture of myself up in what they sent because I am going to do exactly what I just told you. When I put my Pakistani stuff on, I am going to send them a video message of me thanking them in their native language while I wear that. And think about the impact that that's going to have on those people. I'm going to do not wait for this, by the way. Well, if you want to get a little sampling, go look at Grayson because he had he put his on last night and absolutely loved it. There, all of my family is there wearing you know traditional Pakistani clothing that was custom made. Man, like what's they, the name of that site? Which one? They've that 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 does the AI takes the. I have to ask Grayson. There's because, a ton of them, but yeah. So the okay. thing is, I 
like I, I don't sleep from like roughly one to one to three or one to four every morning. So I'm always up in the middle of the night working. And a lot of times what I do is I'll sit there watching Instagram reels or TikTok reels. And it's about all these influencers and marketers that are telling you about the top A5 AI sites and things they're using. And it's not insurance specific, right? Well, guess what? Not all the tech that we use on our agency should be. There is actually really good tech that we could be using for marketing and other things that has nothing to do with the insurance industry. And those are just a couple of examples, but mm-hmm. I sent him the sequence of those three things, which is the only reason I even knew a, that it existed. And then B came up with the idea that this is how I want to thank these people. Cause I think it would be right. really, really I, cool for them to get that. I'm so stealing it for my VEs too, bro. I just, but isn't that you, crazy, David. man? Yeah, that's think so about bad. that. Dude, they're going to be blown away when they and see you, that. And so that's the whole thing, right? So, that was kind of the deal. I remember, you know, um, Preston and McBilly. McBilly was like Carson Daly of the Philippines, right? He was right, on he the was. TRL version of the Philippines. Everybody knows that. But so he's actually like massive, massive rock star in the Philippines. And that was kind of the thing. All the all the virtual professionals knew who he was. So if you could if you could talk McBilly into just recording a quick, almost like cameo for virtual professionals, right? Get him to record a quick selfie style video and send it over. You were like the employer of, of all time to them because you got McBilly to send them a video, but how much cooler would it be if somebody who they know doesn't come from their native area now takes the time to do that. And I understand for some of you out there, you know, there's always going to be that get off my lawn guy that says, why don't you just learn the language and do it yourself? Yeah. Well, okay, I don't know. Fine. I don't know, old timer. That's probably the same reason why I'll be buying your book for 0.5 instead of 5X on evaluation. You didn't adopt with the times. It takes just as much effort to actually go through and do what I'm doing. And here's a fun fact, friend. I actually came up with the idea. So apparently my heart was in the right place. Right. And and yeah, your heart's in the right place. And no matter how great you learned that language, you would, you still would butcher it and they would still go, Oh God, love him for trying. No, the AI is going to make you sound professional and great. Yeah. There's always that guy. And here's the question I have, David, here's, here's the question. And Kyle, maybe I get your opinion on this. Do you think she would have been freaked out if it was a red car? Or was it because it was white, right? If it was, it was, was she it was actually white? freaked out or was she playing you and she She's knew playing it was... around? No, she knew it was Troy. Troy was okay. literally oh, already okay. standing in the okay. driveway. Okay, okay. I she was just, like, she just came in to get me riled up. Yeah, and I went yeah. like zero to a thousand right out of like, if she would have no said there's a guy out me, there man. in a red car, you would still would have just been mad or was it maybe white, like the white van or something? You know? All I heard yeah. was guy car, right? You yeah. know, that was the biggest thing. There's a dude looking at my kids playing in the driveway. She knew how to push my buttons. It wouldn't have mattered what color car it was. She yeah. like she knew that I was. You probably you know, wouldn't have heard that part. No. Yes. That's fine. I, I, th- uh. I think I did ask her to repeat herself because I wasn't quite sure that I heard what she said. But anyhow. But I mean, that's still funny. think about that, man. That's that's another application of technology. And how big could we build our businesses? Oh you know, think about a guy like Bob Klinger, right? Klinger has a niche. His niches have niches. <laughs> but he also has an office where people speak like eight or nine different languages. Yeah, he does. You don't have to do that. You don't have to You don't have to go over to Asia to recruit people to come work in your office now because AI is going to be able to take your messaging and turn it into exactly the same experience except you can do it with the staff you already have. You could even use virtual professionals to record this stuff. And quite frankly, they could record it in your voice. You, you're, once the AI has your voice as the sample, 
You can make your script whatever you want it to be. Anybody could upload, like I could go in right now if I wanted to, mm. and I could make my thank you mm. video to the people at Savital, a message coming from me in Morgan Freeman's voice talking in their language if I wanted to. Hmm. It's wild. I like this. Yeah, you got my brain going on a lot of this stuff. I set it down. This is uh, this has been great. And this is why Indie Tech is being brought up because I guarantee you of those 147, there's probably four or five of them that are specifically trying to work with insurance agents and use that lingo. Um, it's really, really interesting when you think about, as they said, it's not you shrink your world down when you're trying to get AI to do something specific. And soon my AI will protect me from your AI. We will look at these phones very, very soon. And like they don't protect us. They allow me to read things that's not true. Right. And so we need something now. Then the people are going to say, oh, the AI is, you know, whatever. Here's the deal. The AI is going to act like me and the AI is going to be biased. One of the things I was just reading about the, the other day, do you know, Tesla, Tesla's when they get into wrecks, um, the reason why one of the reasons why they get into most wrecks in self-driving mode is usually in poor neighborhoods. And the reason is, is because people who live in those neighborhoods don't drive Teslas. And so that Tesla has not got as much a memorization and been able to record as much stuff going on. So what it immediately does is it starts to make the technology bias. And because it's what happened, let me just stop you for one second, because if more people drove Teslas, then more Teslas would be mapping out the hazards of that geography, right. reporting that information back so that when the next Tesla came through, it would have a better understanding of all of the exposures that could happen in that general that's, area. That's exactly right. right I just and want to make sure I understand sorry. what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And that's so that's. That's not happening because they're not in there as much, right? And in the rich neighborhoods, there's less accidents, less pedestrians are getting hit. So you're starting to see that there's already a bias being developed. And so what I mean by that is just jumping back to what I said, the AI I have will be very much like me because it will believe and see the things that you know, it'll kind of protect me. It'll be very interesting how it's all going to play. And here's the deal. Like you guys have all seen this and anybody listening seen this, like there's that scale that goes like this and this is like human intelligence, right? And then there's like the computer down here and it slowly comes up and then like in around 2020, 2025, it goes like this as humans keep going out this way. That That's where we're at right now. Like this is getting ready to get so fast. Let me tell you this, when you put AI inside the browser, listen to this, this is so important to the listeners. You eliminate the needs for APIs and integrations because the AI can do whatever the company is not already set up to do. So where Nationwide showed us one time at Neon and there was like 140 some APIs that were needed just for their service portal. Well, the AI can go around and construct that. Not so much even construct it, but you don't need it to map out because the AI already knows where to go. It's it is amazing things of how fast this is getting ready to, to happen. And I'm not saying that you're going to be out of business in three to five years. That's not where we're going here. Jeff Roy said it the best, and I'll, I'll be quiet after this. Jeff Roy said it the best. He said, AI will never replace agents, but those agents who use AI will replace those who don't. And I think there's no better way to say it than that. It's not doomsday. It's just what you decide to do as if it's doomsday or not. Well, look, so. man, it's natural selection out there. It's no different. It's survival of the fittest period, and it always has been. I mean, there's no... 
this is just the next version of it, right? Like you can't, you can't reinvent yourself in any business one time. Mm-hmm. You just, you, there's never, there's never that point where you come up with a good idea and you're like, oh, well, we had a good run. We got to kind of go back and reinvent the, the solutions and see if we can't relaunch this thing. And then you go do it. And then you're good for the rest of your career. You have to constantly be evaluating and looking at these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that the one place where agents stumble is the fact that they just don't even know where to begin. Like they, they're, you know, in this, again, I'm not saying this because anybody is lesser or greater than anybody else, but the agents who have been sort of out there and not as quick to adopt technology are finding they're just now starting to use tools that other people are wrapping up using because they're moving on to the next thing. And, And you're already, you're already behind and you're trying to figure out, well, where do I start or how can I do this cool trick that so-and-so told me they're doing or whatever else. That's why it's so important to have a, a, a gathering. I don't even, I don't want to really want to call it a conference because what you're doing is more of an experience than it is a conference in my That's opinion. Right. That's right. But you to have an experience like that where you can go in and just all you're focused on is what's happening from a tech standpoint and thinking about how it's going to make your life easier, your operations more efficient, and leading to a more just full, fully immersive client experience. Like that's game changing, right? And so my advice, if I'm if I'm an agent and I'm going to, to I say, you know what? And I'm going to give Cass the opportunity to tell you who, what, when, where, how, and why in just a second. But if I think I'm going to go to this indie tech experience because I'm not going to call it a conference. I'm going to call it an experience going forward. If I'm going to go to this indie tech experience, I want to get the most out of it. I'm going to think about like the three biggest problems I want to solve before I ever go. Like what are the things in my agency right now that if I could get this off my plate or I could fix this, that it's just going to free me up to do so much more or my staff freed up to do so much more. And so I think that if you go in and you know what those things are and you stay, even though you're going to go through the entire experience, you stay disciplined to those three core things or five core things, whatever it is you want to get out of it, but you stay disciplined to that. You're going to get so much out of the experience. And if you're one of those agencies that's been slower to develop technology, that's one of the ways you're going to flatten the curve. You can't go from nothing to everything all at one time. You can't be drinking from a fire hose when you yeah, go to say, stuff I mean, like it would be this. way less overwhelming that way, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. A couple things that you know are, are your biggest rocks that you need to deal with. You can't, dude, if, if like the average person goes and walks around this experience like you're talking about and is just trying to, like you said, drink from a fire hose. I mean, there's no way. You'll, you'll end up doing less than you were doing before. Yeah, they just get frustrated and give up. That's what happens, right? They don't adopt anything. And that's why, you know, there's a clear delineation between tech forward agencies and agencies that are not tech forward. And it's not just in the organic growth year over year, but it goes into the multiples that they'll get when it's time for an exit, if they're even able to get offers because- now, David, I don't know. I don't know when this comes out, so I'm going to announce something that uh, we're probably Quick. going to be announcing a week um, from today. Okay, so yeah, so this is announcing. So we're having a CEO panel. Reed Holsworth has confirmed. Amy Zupon, who is the CEO of Vertifor, has confirmed. Mike Becker, the PIA CEO, has confirmed. 
And we have two more invites out there. Taylor Rhodes, the CEO of Applied, we're working with his team. And uh, Charles Symington, which is the big I CEO. Because it's important to understand that when I create this, this experience is, is Switzerland. This experience, this is nothing more than about independent insurance agents and the technology that we have. We're going to have a band on Wednesday night. I also didn't get to mention that we're going to have technology paths that will be running. They're 45-minute sessions where you can learn, create, and execute things, things that are being taught out there. Some of the, a lot of the vendors are going to be the ones that are teaching it. We're going to have Ryan Hanley. He's going to be a keynote speaker. He's got a tech-centric model he's doing. And most important, we have Jim Harris. If any of you guys, you probably don't know Jim Harris, an international technology guy. You should check him out. He will be the talk of the conference. He costs more money than my vehicle, and I drive an Audi um, for him to come. And uh, we are going to be having this on August 29th, 30th, and 31st. Uh, the experience is on the 30th and 31st, which is a Wednesday and Thursday. On Tuesday is Indie Sales. It is for young agents only, 35 years and younger, or less than three years in the business. There's only 70 young agents that are allowed, and they're going to be having, they're going to get rid of tech. They're actually going to, there's whiteboards in there they've requested. I mean, they want to learn how to build pipelines. That's another thing, David, that's not taught in the industry out there, right? You teach it from that large middle market, but I'm talking about getting down and just learning how to write out a pipeline and a suspect and, and for a lot of people like in small commercial. It's just not really readily taught out there. When I was younger, 20 years ago in the insurance business, I could go to a lot of different seminars and stuff, and they would teach you the basics of build, of learning how to sell. We just don't have that today. So I think Brett Young and some other people are going to help them do that. Uh, so that'll be happening. And it's happening in Indianapolis, Indiana, because we are independent insurance agents. And that is why it's there. I try to learn from David as much as I can in his marketing. I really do. And if anybody wants to find out, it's at Inditech2023.com. But when we found out that Reed and Amy Zupon had accepted our invitation last week, we were really, really excited because that lets us know that people from all across the industry are starting to understand that this is a very valid thing that we need to discuss and needs to be brought to the surface. So thank you, David, for giving me your time on here. Listeners, I did invite myself. I do have an open invite, as he said, um, which I greatly appreciate. And thank you very much, David. But I, I did invite myself because I want you to know about what's going on. Um, it does open registration. March 1st is when it's going to open. And the vendors are piling in now. So IndyTech2023.com. And you spell Indy how? Because I want to uh, make yeah. sure they don't. I you should have bought both domains, man. You should have bought I, I-N-D-I-E and I-N-D-Y just so you could reroute. Actually, I, sh I should probably go do that. Um, I-N-D-I-E-T-E-C-H. That's so it's I-E. Uh, that's Indy. And you know where I got this from, which you're a board member of, David? Indium. Indium. So, yeah, that's our T-shirt. Stay Indie. You stay Indie. So about uh, 2017, 2018, when I was dealing with Neon, I found I found a chat or whatever used to run mm -hmm. Indium. And I went there into their website and I was reading it. And I was like, that's the first time I realized like, okay, we are different. Like there's an Indie channel and that's how it is. That's where I took the INDIE from. So yeah. And by the way, Indium is coming. I spoke with Kat. Um, they're coming. They're bringing like, they're going to buy like three or four of uh, different little uh, kiosks to kind of demonstrate everything that they're 
they're doing. So I'm excited about that. Crazy mm. stuff happening in India, man. It's mm-hmm. absolutely, we we're building good, something. Good choice whatever. on some hires over there, David, you know, that especially with Steve and, and, uh, and Caitlin, you guys have done some rock and roll jobs, man. Listen, Kat's the one man. Like that's the only one any of us can take credit for is we put her in place and did exactly what we needed to. And that is give her the power to do whatever she needed to do to, to build it. And, Look, I just actually posted on LinkedIn a little bit ago, but best hire we could have possibly made for what we were looking for and just continues to impress me every day. So Mm -hmm. really proud of all the work that's happened to this point and really excited to see where things end up, man, because she she, one thing I can promise you about Kat is she's not going to build an agent, uh, a, a company that's going to go backwards like or no. and it's also not going to stand still. So that's right. The question right. is just how much velocity is it going to have? And can we mm-hmm. all hang on for the ride? So that's right. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up people. Indie Tech 2023 in Indianapolis. I will tell you right now, if you're going to Indianapolis, the greatest shrimp cocktail on the face <laughs> of the planet is at St. Elmo's. And good to know. It is insane. When we were there for brain, was it brain share that we were there? I think it was Chris's thing. No, that's right. It was Paradiso's brain share was Kansas city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we were there for Paradiso's mastermind, everybody told me about this place. I'm like shrimp, whatever. I'm not going to get the best shrimp cocktail ever in Indianapolis. And then I went to St. Elmo's and it was absolutely fantastic. It's crazy. It's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to wrap it up with that. Everybody have a great week. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.